Welcome to Coffee House Questions. Welcome to Coffee House Questions. This is Ryan Pauly, and it's great to be joining you today. Today, the question we want to look at is, can God use evil for good? What does that look like? If you've been following Coffee House Questions for some time, you notice that uh, starting back in December, I started posting a blog series on why God allows evil, responding to a lot of different questions uh, that went on for 10 weeks, 10 different posts, coming at it from a very intellectual perspective. Um, joining me today, though, is the author of Desperate Hope, a wonderful book about a, a story we'll tell you a little bit about, a little bit about here. Um, and the author is a writer, a speaker, was a pastor for 14 years, someone very special to me. The author is Rose Polly, my own mother. Thank you, Mom, for joining me today. It's an honor, a privilege to be here with you. And so one thing that I wanted to talk with uh, my mom about is this idea of why God would allow evil, um, and can he use evil circumstances for good? She has um, a story that is explained in the book Desperate Hope, uh, which you can find online, um, but I want to have her tell a little bit about that story, kind of what is it that happened um, that number of, few, number of years ago. Thanks. Uh, wow. This is a story that happened in our own family, and uh, 20 years ago, actually, in 1995, and it was something that I know would have drastically changed the whole, co- whole course of my life, but also yours too, had uh, God not intervened in the way he did. However, there was a, a devastating event that did happen, and um, I had come home from school. I was in graduate school at Colorado State. I had three sons, have three sons. You guys are all in school, in grade school. It was 12 noon, and as I drove into my driveway, Um, I turned around and saw a little car up the street and a man with his head that looked dark, and he was riveted on me. And so I thought about just coming into the house, pretending I didn't see him. But an impression came to go and meet him on the driveway, which I did. He was walking up very fast, and he reminded me then that he had been somebody that had come a year earlier, coming door to door to do cabinet work. And at the time, I had lent him some Christian cassette tapes at the time. And he said, could I get the titles from you? And I dropped all those warnings and defenses, and I said, sure, come on in. I led him into the front door of the house, and we were carrying on a conversation. I turned around by the stereo to uh, grab one of the tapes uh, that I had lent him, and he came up behind me. He held a knife to my neck, and in that moment, uh, he said right in my ear, Rose, don't struggle, don't scream, don't resist, just walk upstairs. And my heart just sank. I knew I had been tricked. I was home alone. My husband was at the office. And my kids were at school, and I just started to wrestle with him. And he held the knife right up in front of my face at one point. I remember thinking, it's real, it's sharp. He brought it back to my neck, and he said, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to have to slit your throat. It was at that point that I continued to fight. And uh, the next thing, I had my back against the stereo and the knife facing me. And at that moment, started to pray. And it was a a moment of evil. It was a moment where everything was caving around me. But even in that very um, space, I remember just feeling the presence of God giving me a strength that I know was not my own. And um, 
I just I started to pray out loud. I still remember the words I said, but I also remember thinking this man was doing something really stupid and looking at him and saying, God loves you. He doesn't want you to destroy your life. Uh, the story continues. I was able to duck underneath him as he held the knife toward me and aim out toward my front door. And as I got close to the front door, I realized he had locked the deadbolt. And with one hand, um, able to unlock the deadbolt, fighting with him and his knife. And the next thing, I found myself outside on the front porch and uh, just went straight to the curb to sit down. As we sat down there, as I sat down on the curb, he came unbelievably and sat beside me. And I just looked over at him and said, I don't even know what your name is, but i got to pray for you. And started to pray for him there on the curb. There was a conversation that took place. And the story continues. He left that day, but later was uh, we turned that into the police. He was arrested and went to prison. But it was a, a shocking, devastating kind of experience in my own life and has taught me something pretty huge about who God is. Wow, that's incredible. And, you know, obviously this has had a huge impact on your life and a lot of other people. But one thing I want to kind of focus on um, today quickly is we kind of learn the intellectual response of why God would allow evil. You know, he, he, it's because he doesn't want to destroy the free will of people or God can use evil for good. And you can go through this long list of kind of intellectual responses, but how do you respond in the moment? I mean, right after this attack happens, you know, what if someone just walked up and said, well, God could use this for good in your life. You know, how does that make you feel? How does, is that, is that helpful? Or is there a different way to respond when someone is in the middle of this difficult situation? I think that's such a good question because in the middle of it and for many months and, and even years afterwards, I, I was in a part, place of processing what this was and what it meant, especially during this time. There was a numbness. There was a reeling of my whole internal being. Uh, what, what was this all about? I think every part of my body uh, kept a memory of a traumatic event, which often happens in our very physical being. And it was, it was trying to work through um, how do I deal with this? How do I face this? And what place does this have in the whole journey of my life? It didn't really make a lot of sense, especially when I was in the middle of it. And yet, even in the middle of it, there was a sense of some peace, some comfort, uh, a presence that I did feel that was there holding me from completely crumbling. And truthfully, it's only been in hindsight and reflection that I have been able to see some pretty major events that God was able to use in the midst of something devastating and ultimately uh, could have been much more devastating. So when you were in the middle of that situation and kind of processing, what was it? You said you felt the presence, you, you felt that peace of God. What, was there something in specific that kind of really helped you stay firm in your faith? Because I know one issue that a lot of people have is when a traumatic event happens in their life, it's why would God allow this evil to happen in my life? If God really loved me, he, he, he would stop it. Um, and, and these doubts or questions start to come up. Um, but it seems like you, you kind of had a peace from God and, and kind of felt his presence. And something kept you firm in your faith throughout that time. Was there something specific? You know, I look back at that, and I, I right during the time of this event, uh, of course, being in a place of shock, um, 
this hit me out of the blue. This was the last thing I expected to happen on this day that I drove up, a sunny day that looked like it was going to be a routine day like any other. And I think in the moment, the thing that was strengthening was probably a journey of faith or a belief in God that I had before this moment. Because it wasn't like in that moment I could start thinking about, let's see, how should I respond to this? And is God real? And, um, you know, what should I do? It was more of just a natural cry of my heart to somebody that had become part of my life. And I did nothing but cry out, really, um, save me. And God did something in that moment. I think he, he grabbed hold of me in a way that I only in in hindsight do I recognize the magnitude of a strength that was there where I didn't just melt on the spot or totally lose uh, you know control, but in a sense felt his strength allowing me to go through motions that turned out to be um, the right thing at the time. Wow. So we're going to go a little bit past the time that we normally do, just because this is such a powerful story. Um, but now that you've had 20 years to reflect on this event, um, look back and, and, and really kind of see what God has done, um, what, if, what do you now see that you didn't see the moment it was happening or within the first few months? Wow. You know, I think uh, that's one reason that the book Desperate Hope was written uh, about 16 years later. <laughs> And that is, after a time of looking back, I realized in my own life, first and foremost, God taught me something profound about who He is. In the middle of life's devastation, in the middle of life's confusion, the things that don't make sense, the things that come out of the blue and hit us that we don't even expect, this wasn't the way my life was supposed to go kind of thing. Looking back, I can see that God was in the midst of it with a secure hold on me that I didn't even really realize at the time, guiding me through, bringing me into a place of a deeper understanding of his love, because what I do remember is even weeks after this, feeling a love of God inside of me, almost like bringing a comfort that was uh, extraordinary, a supernatural comfort. And then throughout, walking this out, teaching me deeper places of Him and, and how I can trust Him no matter what I see with my own eyes. He taught me about forgiveness and that ultimately it really does begin with me and, and His own forgiveness of me that allows me then to extend it to others. And in releasing others from debt, surrendering my right to get even and releasing this man named Matt in my life, um, gave me a freedom that set me free to move forward on that journey of healing. And had I not gone through that understanding of forgiveness, I could still be in a place bound with resentment and fear. Um, he taught me so much about that place of releasing fear, that paralyzing fear that can just wrap us up and immobilize us in our own lives. But there's something else that he did that was extraordinary, and that is Matt went to prison, and in that place, uh, he found a life-saving encounter with Jesus Christ. And his is the other half of the story, because uh, he and his entire family found the Lord through this experience. Fast forward 16 years later, um, it's a remarkable way that it all transpired, but he and his wife were in our same home, in the same living room that this event had happened 16 years earlier. I get to hear the other side of the story. 
I got to hear the story from the mouth of somebody that was talking about how Jesus Christ had saved his life, how Jesus had broken through the bondage of addiction and the things that were driving him, the severe depression and hopelessness that he was in, and how his life had been transformed. And that was a part of the story being birthed into the book that actually tells his story and mine, both how God uses what could have been a devastating evil event, darkness in our lives, to bring about a very beautiful good and a, a long-term good in, in the place of salvation. Yeah. And that's one thing I want, you know, kind of uh, those of you that are listening to understand is, is this guy committed this evil act, um, but God was not done working in his life. And the story says... Uh, he accepted Christ in prison and 16 years after this event reconnected and wrote the other half of the book. And so his story is also in there, how God used this evil um, act that he, he carried out uh, that allowed him, well, that sent him to prison, um, actually used that for good. Now, kind of before we, we wrap up, I have two other quick questions when we're in the middle of things, it's easy for a Christian to know, okay, we know that God can use evil for good. The scriptures tell us that. Um, what, you know, what was meant for evil, God can use for good. But that, it's hard, how do I put this the right way? It's, we sometimes just want to throw that out as the easy answer. Right. Now, it is the true answer. God can use evil for good, um, but that's not necessarily just the thing we say right at the beginning to someone that's going through a difficult circumstance. There is that time of reflection in the beginning where they have to process through. During that time, we love on them, we care for them, we listen to them. Uh, But there does come a point where then, okay, we reflect back on it. We're ready for kind of more the intellectual response possibly. Um, We can start to think of this in a different way and we can start to look back and see, wow, God did use this event for good. Would you say that's a, a, a correct way of putting it? I think that's really good, and I think that it's good not to just be so quick to, um, you know, categorize this or to to give it an easy answer, because the truth is we're humans. When our life has been threatened, when when such evil comes upon either uh, us in a place of depression or addiction or, um, you know, whether it's things we choose to do or things that have been done to us, we're all part of real life, and, and as very... Uh, as humans, we're involved in that. Our emotions are involved in that. Our whole being is involved in going through that process. And God is faithful, and He is good about allowing us to be authentic, to be real in the journey. And God is is gracious and long-suffering with us as we go through the the different stages, often and the um, even the stages of forgiveness, because forgiveness too is a process. And he doesn't just expect that we just jump into a place of everything's fixed or we are diminishing or minimizing the events or the things that have happened to us. I think we have to be real about what went on and we can be authentic about what went on. But underlying it all is a knowledge of who is God. He is good. He is faithful. He never lets go. And he is a God that no matter what we go through, he is able to infuse it with himself to bring our own hearts healing, to bring us to a place of security in Him that lasts into eternity, but also to work in a ripple effect 
for good because he is bigger than any evil that befalls us. Absolutely. So we've heard how you know, God has used this in your life uh, and as well in Matt's life. How has God continued to use this book um, in order to touch other people? It's kind of exciting right now uh, here in Fort Collins where the event happened at our Larimer County Detention Center. They are now using this book, taking through groups of men and women uh, through the book, reading through it, uh, talking about things like fear and forgiveness and, and the power of Jesus Christ. And I get to go up there periodically and meet with these groups that have gone through the book while they, they plaster me with questions. And it's exciting that there are many in the places of despair and darkness that are finding the light and love and the power and salvation that is in Jesus Christ. And that brings me joy beyond measure that this event in my life that was difficult and devastating, God is now using to bring people into a love relationship with himself. Wow. And so thank you so much for sharing again. Uh, it's just so special being able to sit down uh, and talk with my mom about this. Uh, where can they find a Desperate Hope uh, for those that want to find this book and, and, and be able to read it? You can go on Amazon. It's under Desperate Hope by Rose Polly. Uh, we also have DesperateHopeBook.com. It's a website that has some uh, things that are going on in the ministry, um, but there's a place that you can purchase the book there on the website as well. And I uh, just want to encourage anyone to take a look at this book. It would be something that will inspire you if you are a believer or someone that's going through a tough time, but also something to give to a friend maybe that's going through a very difficult time. Even those that are in the Larimer County Detention Center, it is Matt's story, his and mine, that are woven together, but, but mostly it has been his story that has been most inspiring to the uh, folks that have been reading it there. And so you'll get to see both sides of a situation where God intervened, and both Matt and I can say he saved our lives. Wow, what a credible story. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank I you, I appreciate son. it. It's been wonderful. <laughs> and so, guys, I just want to thank you all for listening today. Again, make sure you check out Desperate Hope by Rose Polly, available on Amazon. What an incredible story of a real-life situation where God used an evil situation to transform lives. Uh, that is something that he does frequently and often, and it is amazing when God does something awesome in people's lives. So thank you for listening. Uh, be sure to check out Coffee House Questions. And have a wonderful rest of your day. I find my rest.